It's live. Oh. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Everybody panic. All right. <laughs> the first thing I turn on is low going. Oh. This fasting thing, D, are you like you starve yourself for 24 hours? I don't really starve. Like when I first started doing it, it was hard. But now I I know that every hour I've got to at least drink 16 ounces of water and I don't get hungry. Like when I broke my fast, it wasn't because I was hungry. It was I was feeling like, I don't know, kind of a little dizzy, I guess you could say. But I, I get sick if I don't eat. Like that's kind of how I, I don't was. feel right. But man, it works. It, it's helped me out a lot. I would just, you ever tried low carb? Yeah. I ate those tacos, but normally I'm doing low carb. And the guy gave me, I didn't understand what he was saying. I just always agreed to whatever. And uh, I told him I wanted four tacos, but he thought I wanted two orders of four tacos. I couldn't eat them, but now I feel sick. That's a problem with it. The longer you go, man, whatever you eat, like it could be like a candy bar. You're going to feel sick. People are just going to, um, you know that like when we, we went live and now they're going to hear all this shit in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But like when we, like when he records it on Spotify, he can just cut that out. Like we'll give it up. We'll give a third, we'll give a 20 second silence in a second and then we'll go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting here like, yeah. So, uh, the, I'm telling my life story. How's those genital like shit that he's talking about. <laughs> How's the genital warts, DR? They're about <laughs> healed up. That's why I fast because the antibiotics make me God sick. God damn. Uh, All right, it's two minutes in. Let's wait one more minute. At the two minute and 30 second, we'll go silent. Welcome in. It's Kentucky week. That was the longest two weeks ever. I hate bye weeks. They're boring. College football just felt weird. Like I just didn't have nothing to look forward to. Um, but it's Kentucky week. Uh, Kentucky's actually good. It's usually the opposite. Usually we have a digit or a number beside our name. Uh, it's weird times that uh, we're uh, – this year we're the we're the underdog. We've got to go up there to their house, see if we can knock them down. They they got their asses beat by Mike Leach and uh, Mississippi State. Um, we got an interesting pod. Some some things we're gonna mix up some things today. We're gonna start. Um, we'll save the Kentucky preview for the next segment, but uh, we're gonna start something new here. We got the most. What's your hated UK player? Who? Which Kentucky player? Do you hate, like, just can't stand? That's what we're going to start with. Paul, you're up, buddy. So, 
in the past, since I've been alive, definitely, I've only seen Kentucky beat us once that I've been actually watching football. Well, twice. We lost to them in 2017. I didn't watch that 2011 mishap. My least favorite Kentucky player in that time, he only appeared for them once, but he threw two touchdowns against us in Neyland. Uh, Jared Garantano uh, played for them in 2020, threw two back-to-back uh, -back touchdowns against us. Really probably one of his better throws all year. Uh, that has to be my least favorite Kentucky player. All right, so I'm going to throw it back a little bit. Um, and this is just kind of a super random pick, but it just kind of pisses me off what happened. I went with Matt Rourke, which was, I guess that's how you pronounce his name. I don't know. It's kind of a weird last name. But um, he was back in the Dooley era in 2011, and he was the uh, wide receiver that was converted to quarterback. And he rushed for 124 yards, like as a wide receiver playing quarterback and beat our ass. And I just think that's so embarrassing. Like I was just, I think that's mortifying to me. Um, so I don't really, I didn't have anyone that I just like was a standout to me, but that one was definitely like someone you wouldn't like. He broke or he broke our winning streak of 26 years. So screw that guy. Initially, I wouldn't say I hated this guy, and this is not who I'm picking, but Randall Cobb, I remember when he played for Kentucky, I thought, man, while he's there, he's going to beat us one time. But it happened to be the next year after when they broke the streak. But Cash Daniel, I mean, he might as well be Cuck Daniel. I couldn't stand that guy. Everybody remembers when he'd be down with the player, he tried to twist the ankle. It was uh, – I don't remember. It was the game before they played us is when, you know, it got national about it. And plus his name's Cash. I, I – not a fan of Cash Daniel. It's kind of hard to find a Kentucky football player to hate, but that guy's easy to hate. He looks like the guy that's graduated from high school and goes back like five years later and still wearing the Letterman jacket and talk about how he won, you know, top five in prom king. Just a cut. So I had a hard time uh, picking my hated player. I could go through any of Tennessee's rivals and pick out some dude I just can't stand. Um Kentucky, I feel like we've beat their ass so much that they haven't been able to um, – they haven't been able to throw somebody out there that I hate. Um, I'll admit I love Jared, Jared Lorenzen uh, back then. I mean, who, who don't love a fat guy who scores touchdowns? Like, that was awesome. His whole – he had like – I think he had like two white receivers um, that was catching balls for him. Um but uh, he was fun to watch. <coughs> but as far as somebody I hate, um, got to go with – I'm going to think outside the box here. I'm going to go uh, Ashley Judd. And what's funny, she claims to be this big um, Kentucky – I know she's Kentucky basketball, but I don't think I've ever seen her at a Kentucky football game, which tells me that her, like, you know, her, foot, her NFL team might be the Patriots and her college football team might be Bama. She might be one of those types. But – like, Ashley Judd is just – between her politics and her rants on the sideline, she is a disgusting human being. She's awful. She's ugly. Her movies suck. She is just a horrible person. Like, I think that is my most hated U.K. player. I was going to say John Calipari. Um, I was going to say some other U.K. basketball players. Football, they're like – they're not even a little brother. They're 
they're like the kid next door you pick on and I mean they beat us last year whatever they they can throw a punch whatever but um I'm going with Ashley Judd is my most hated Kentucky but um I love that segment I think we need to do that every week because I could come up with some some real real assholes but um so we start off with the Kentucky preview um I don't know if somebody will have to fill me on what they're ranked this week, but before Mississippi state, they were 12th. I, I didn't see what they were, um, but they got a, they got a winning streak on us. They're number eight. Um, number 18. Okay. So they got a winning streak on us. They beat us in Neyland last year. Went to that game. You know, I, I could, I could name five games in Neyland that, you know, that I've left early in. No, wait, time out. Let me back that up. I can name five games in Neyland that's been awful, and that was one of them. Now, I've left early before the fourth quarter in two games ever, and one of them was last year against Kentucky when we threw seven pick sixes and all this. That was just embarrassing. But um, this year's different. Paul, what do you think? Give us anything open floor for anything about the game. So – I'd like to open this up by saying all these blue checks saying that Hendon Hooker cannot play in the cold because of a game that he played against number three Clemson last year while injured is just showing that he just can't play in the cold. Don't get that shit. But I think if you look at Kentucky, if you're going to beat Kentucky, you have to make Will Levis, I think his last name is, turn the ball over. And when I looked at their stats, when Will Levis doesn't throw an interception, they've not lost a game. And I think if you look at everything Tennessee does on defense as far as rushing the quarterback and stopping the run, I think forcing Will Levis into some untimely interceptions against us is going to be the biggest key for us to win. For us to win by a lot, I think we're going to have to pick them off two to three times, probably get some luck on special teams with a pump block or something like that. Kentucky's really not good. I've told everybody who's tried to talk to me about this game, you guys have played the weakest conference schedule up to date other than Georgia, and you lost to them. I mean, we see how bad Florida is. Makes It honestly makes me mad how bad Florida is just because they beat us by 24 earlier in the season. I think if we played them again, it wouldn't even be a close game. I think we'd destroy them unless it would be the monkey on their back like we always do when we play Florida. I digress, but no, if you look at who Kentucky has played in the conference, they've played South Carolina. They've played LSU, who's not good this year. Florida's shown, shown just how bad they are. And then they've played Georgia, who's the number one team in the country for a reason, and they got beat by 20. And then they played Mike Leach's Mississippi State team, who just lost to Memphis two to three weeks ago. And they gave up 31 straight points after leading by 10 in the first quarter. So I think if you look at this Kentucky team, they're probably the worst team in the top 25 as far as – especially worst SEC team in the top 25. Maybe Cincinnati has a – possible role in that but I think if you look at how good Tennessee is and us coming off a bye week being able to be healthy for the first time since Lord knows when I don't see this game really even I think it's an old-fashioned good old Kentucky ass whooping for the balls yeah so I was just going to start out with like a little bit of a review of the Kentucky Mississippi State game um so they lost like 31 to 17, but their quarterback Levis threw three interceptions and the entire Kentucky team only rushed for 66 yards the, the whole game. Um, 
I can't remember the exact time of possession, but I know that Kentucky had like 18 minutes total. Um, so they pretty much, it was a pretty much awful performance for them all the way around. On the flip side, Mississippi State threw for 344 yards. And in my opinion, just looking at all of that, you know, I feel like we have some advantages and slight disadvantages against this team. But in general, Levis at quarterback for Kentucky isn't super mobile. And I feel like Tennessee's defense has shown up pretty well against quarterbacks like that uh, this season. Um, the other thing is our defense is like totally kicking ass and tackles for loss. And Kentucky usually runs a lot when they, when they feel like they're able to, obviously they didn't have like a ton of success against Georgia with the rushing game. But I think back when they beat Florida, they rushed a hell of a lot more and did pretty well. So I feel confident in our defense being able to kind of stop them on the run a little bit. Um, and then also just another factor, I feel like Kentucky's defense has some difficulty like with more up-tempo offenses. So I feel like with a solid game plan and, you know, not having a ton of mistakes, I feel like we can go in there and do pretty solid. Of course, I have other thoughts, but that was just kind of my opener. I think one thing um... – start off with is Heupel was going against the Stoops. And you remember his old boss fired him. That was a Stoops. So I wonder if that's in his head any. Uh, something else, both teams are on a two-game losing streak. And as well, Kentucky has not lost at home in a night game. And we have not won a night game on the road yet. So setting up pretty well for that. I think we could score 38 points, maybe even 31, and they can't catch up to us. I mean – they scored 16 against South Carolina and 28 against Chattanooga. I'm not impressed with them whatsoever. Um, Paul talked about uh, Hooker with the weather. And I think now they're saying the way it was supposed to be a low of 35, but I think it's came up a little bit. And uh, I know I'd heard yesterday that some of that with the cold weather with Hooker was he had the flu that week. And he's practiced this week as cold as it is without uh, sleeves or anything like that. And he's from North Carolina, so he's, I'm sure he's used to the cold weather. Um, the other stuff I'll kind of go into once we get further into the show. So um, during, uh, I think it was Missouri week, I mentioned how that when you come to Tennessee, you got to start beating the bottom feeders. And I don't care if Kentucky has a number three beside their name in the rankings. Their name alone tells me, that they are a bottom feeder. So, since Hopple got here, you know, I said it, Missouri, South Carolina, we have the two other two coming up, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Um, in, the, in the 90s and the 2000s, you always um, were remembered what you did in November because, you know, these are the Kentucky and the Vanderbilts and the, and the whatever. Um, but you, you, he has to win these type games. And for us to – get to where we need to go, I mean, Butch lost to – could never beat – I think he did beat Missouri, but he had trouble with some of these guys, some of these teams that we should beat. Pruitt, you know, look what happened last year. Vanderbilt has beat us. Uh, South Carolina has beat us. Um, this – this would be pretty – this would be pretty bad if we lost, I think, Saturday. 
I don't care. Records, throw the records out, throw the throw the number out, the rankings and all that out. I just he he they have to win. With coming off a of bye week, especially um, getting guys healthy. I know we don't have a lot of depth, but that's what the bye week is for. Um, did y'all hear that this Kentucky quarterback? I saw it on TikTok or something that he puts mayonnaise in his coffee, like just. Just that, like, I just feel like he has, like, several several bodies in his freezer because that's a psycho. Like, like just – just he should he should just get hit after a play just because of that. I don't, I don't know what's up with that. Anyway, just thought that was interesting. But, like, I'm looking – I was listening to some radio the other day, and they were talking about how, like, if Mark Stoops could go somewhere else and, and win and do all this. And he's never really had a quarterback. Um, and I remember – I think I think Vol Twitter takes an L on this. I remember a couple years ago, the big debate was Mark Stoops and Butch Jones. Well, look who still has their co- their coach, you know. So obviously, Mark Stoops is better than Butch Jones, but um, he's never really had a quarterback. It's hard to recruit there. It's a basketball school. Um, so I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about how um, since he doesn't have those things that he has to dirty up the game a little bit. Now, if we get down there, if we go up there and it we get down to it and it's it's a it's a 13-10 game, it's a it's a 17-14 game, then Kentucky's going to win. And games like that have weird plays like a kickoff return, a block punt, you know, a block field goal, a pick six, something like that. We have got to eliminate some of those plays from our end from happening. Now, if, if we get some of those stuff, that's great. Um, I don't see us – I don't see them stopping our offense if it's on key. Um, I haven't heard anything about Evans. If, he, if he'll play, maybe that'll help the running game. He is good. So, coming off the bye week, you get your running back back. Uh, Hooker has been dealing with nagging injuries all year. That's a bye week, like I said. Um I just, I mean, if Alabama has five stars and they can't cover our passing game, you're going to tell me some two and three star that, you know, turned down to Lane to go to Kentucky is going to guard our receivers? I don't think so. Um, like I said, the only thing I have to worry about is if it's a dirty, low-scoring game that's in the cold in November, and they want to they want to muddy it up. That's 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 my biggest. Um, but well, we can go round two if y'all want to. We got some time. So, Paul, next up on Kentucky. So, yeah, uh, I think it was D.R. Vall who said it, something about how – no, it was Leland. It was something about how Stoops and Butch Jones was being compared back in 2016, I think it was, because we had just beaten Florida and all that shit. But, uh, no, I think – I think Kentucky's fans really misunderstand me when I'm talking shit. It's not the fact that I don't think Mark Stoops is any good. It's the fact that he's at fucking Kentucky. Like, Kentucky's not a football school. They're never going to be a football school. It doesn't matter, like Leland said, if they had a three next to their name. They're not a football school. It's the name. Clemson's a football school. Georgia's a football school. Alabama's a football school. Historically, we're a fucking football school. But when we beat you 26 straight times, even – Dooley only lost to you once. Dooley, Butch, Pruitt, all three only lost to you once, and that was the three worst coaches we've ever had in our program's history. 
and you guys only beat them one apiece, and they were here for three years at least. And that 20, what the hell was it, 19 team, got y'all lost to, lost to Georgia State and BYU at home. So I don't really know statistically how you can come and talk shit to us. And then you're looking at it from a standpoint where, like, this is your best team that you've had in, since 2018, and that's all good and well. But in 2018, we beat you guys by 17 points with your best team. And that was a team that got blown out against West Virginia because Will Greer is just not – just hates Tennessee. But anyways, uh, no, I think having Ty on back healthy is super huge. He played hurt against Bama, and if you couldn't see that, you didn't watch the game. Uh, I think having Jabari Small to back up time on is huge. Like I always say, I think Jabari plays like a completely different player when Tabari's on or when Tyon's on the field with him. And then Hooker finally has a chance to heal that bruised knee or whatever it was. And he's been from what Trey Wallace told all of us in that one group chat we're all in. He had a great practice this week. Uh, we're all, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I hate the bye week, but I think it's it was super important. I think out of anybody in the whole country who needed a bye week, it was definitely Tennessee. Cade Mays needs to play this game. Cooper Mays needs to play this game. We need to have our starting O line. And I don't think like I'm with Leland. If it is 17-14, I don't see us being on the right side of that. But I think we scored way over 40. I mean, not way over, but I think we scored over 40 points because, I mean, we scored 24 on Alabama's five-star defense. And, like, like Leland made a bunch of great points. I just keep saying his name. But uh, uh, Kentucky, like, has guys that turn down Tulane or some shit, like SMU and shit, to come to go to Kentucky. And, like, that's just not going to be able to stop our pass game, especially with Josh Heupel. Uh, Alex Golish said today that hookers had the best two weeks of practice that they've seen since the offseason. So I'm, I'm – I feel really confident about this game. Yeah, I'm not going to continue to repeat what y'all said, but I do think that the bye, the bye week for us was huge. Having Evans back is also huge in my opinion. Um, I, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on some of my worries, I suppose, what could get us in a rocky situation if they weren't prepared. Um I'm kind of basing this off of what I saw in the Alabama game, that if they didn't correct, that it would be a problem against Kentucky. Um, we need to be better about converting on third down on offense. And our offense needs to be able to, like, change the tempo down and slow, or change it and slow it down some because if Kentucky's running the ball quite a bit, they're going to eat up a lot of clock. And if we just go out there and do these – three and out things in like 40 seconds, our defense is never going to last. That was one of the biggest problems, you know, in the Alabama game for us was that they were just dead tired, you know, by the end of the third quarter, starting into the fourth quarter. Um, so I really hope that they've tried to kind of mix with the tempo a little bit. I mean, it's great to be able to score in 30 seconds, but if you go out there and run three plays and you don't get it, I mean, that's just kind of unacceptable in terms of when you're coming out for a game like this, we need to be able to, if we, even if we don't get any points, take some time off the clock, get down there, maybe get into field goal range. Um, the other thing I know you guys mentioned like some miscues or whatever. I think the special teams has to play really good and be on their toes. Um, so just simply because last week in Kentucky's game, they ran a punt back for a touchdown so we need to be prepared for that because little mistakes like that could definitely shift this. Um, 
And I definitely agree with both of you guys in terms of if it's a very like low scoring game, I don't see us being on the right side of that because what that tells me is our offense, you know, hasn't been able to get going and I think they're going to have to. However, if they do get going, um, I, I also see us scoring in the thirties against this Kentucky team. Um, I do feel I have this weird inkling that there'll be like a couple strange plays, uh, maybe like some turnovers, maybe a pick six. I feel like there'll be a lot of momentum shifts. That's just me speculating and bullshitting, but I kind of, that's my kind of gut feeling. Um, and then of course we have to keep our penalties under control. Uh, I really hope they've worked on disciplining in that department and then my biggest takeaway that I hope they like beat beat into their heads was that we have to capitalize if our defense forces turnovers. We have got to make sure that we make those worth it and score points off of those. In all honesty, I'm going to Lexington. I'm excited. It's my first trip. Um, I feel pretty good about this game. I feel like we can come out with the W. I'm not super worried. So... All that being said, I'll turn it over to DR. Well, I hate going last because I, I think it's easy for me to say yeah, I agree with Paul, Leland, and Lowe. Um, something I think they're going to do is play the time of possession game. And something I'm really worried about is if we get – if our offense gets to jiving really good, I'm worried they're going to pull that crap Lane Kiffin pulled. Not as much, but, you know, faking injuries, I'm really concerned about that. As far as Stoops – I mean, he's okay for Kentucky, I guess, uh, but I think there's a reason he hadn't left. Stoops is 2-6 and six against Tennessee. Um, and here's a stat about him that's insane. He is 5-7 and seven after a bye, and three of those wins were to Vanderbilt. So I'm just not overly impressed with Stoops. I mean, he's good for Kentucky, and he's better than the crap we've had for sure. But that's honestly all I've got uh, after going after y'all. So I'm sitting here looking at some of their results, and I've noticed a common theme. Um, I thought DR would go longer because I was going to try to gather up some of this stuff, but he's an idiot. Um, so when they win, they have huge rushing numbers, okay? Low passing numbers. When they lose, they have low rushing numbers and high passing numbers. So that tells me that teams are trying to stop the run and make this What's his name? Levis, Levis, whatever QB beat him, right? So, like I said, I was trying to dig up stats here. Okay, so take Mississippi State, for instance, last week. They had – it looks like they have a three-headed monster, honestly. Looks like they have guys that can, can run at any time. They got the guy named Rodriguez and Smoke, and then it looks like Levis can run the ball. And they might have another running back, but I'm not sure. So, so take Mississippi State, for instance. Okay, they lost. Their leading rushers, the yards of the leading rushers was 34, 19, and 9. Look at Levis's uh, yards, 150, okay? So that tells me that they couldn't run the ball, but they tried to throw the ball to get back in the game, right? But um, if you go to LSU, it was an ass beating. Go to LSU, leading rushers was 147, 104, and 75. Like, what was LSU doing that year, that week? Like, LSU should have probably, if you if you broke it down, some of the best talent in college football because of where they're located for one and for two. They just won a national championship a year or two ago. 
So if you back it up, you go to South Carolina. Even though they won, it was a low-scoring game, right? They won. So they had a 144-yard rusher. The second guy was 50, and the quarterback had 30. And you know how much the QB passed for? 100, 100 yards. So I think Tennessee's game plan going in um, is to stop the run, which I know that's a cliche in football. you got to stop the run no matter what. Stop the run and put the ball in his hands. I think we can do that, honestly. I don't, I don't really remember, and y'all can maybe correct me on this if I'm wrong, I don't really remember a team this year just straight up running all over us. Like, I feel like we've always gang tackled and got to the ball and, um, and stopped the run. Uh, we've ran on people. Um, let me go to the Kentucky, let me go to Georgia game. So Georgia, obviously best team in America, best defense. I kind of want to see what Georgia did on offense. So, um, Bennett threw for 253 touchdowns. Um, their rushing wasn't great. 51, 46, and 33. <coughs> they had a couple of receivers make some plays, 100 yards. So, um, I know, and, the, and the Mississippi State QB just threw for over 300, I think. So, it looks like they can be thrown on, which that's good for us. But uh, I don't think anybody has really uh, run the ball on us or, you know, all over us. So, we'll see. I think that's going to be a key, key point in the game. But it goes back to some of the – the ugly talk we talk about, don't want to ugly up the game. We want to get out there. We want to get them behind. If we get the ball first, go down the field, 7 nothing. because you know what? If they go three and out, we can score just as quickly. You can be like the South Carolina game after one quarter. You're down 21. So that's going to be our preview for Kentucky. Um, I think, Lo, you want to do our uh, fan questions this week. Yeah, um, we had a lot of fun doing fan questions, so we're going to dive into that, and then we'll give our uh, score predictions at the end of the podcast when we're closing out. Um, just a reminder for anyone who's listening to this at any time, now or later, uh, you guys can send us non-sports-related stuff, too, if you want. Um, we will – I mean, it has to be, you know, somewhat within reason. <laughs> <laughs> like super creepy but just in general I mean of course we'll answer all your sports questions as best as we can but if you want to send us anything else we may give it a whirl so just when wanted you guys to keep that in mind um first question at UT coach majors which is like his surname is the ghost of coach majors he asked us if the Vols and the Cats should bring back the beer barrel Paul, you're up. Uh, I didn't know because sometimes we change the order. But I absolutely think we should. Seeing Peyton Manning hold that shit up in Lexington and, like, forty the 40 Kentucky fans that decided to go to the game, flipping him off in the background while he's holding it up, shaking it is awesome. I think it's a, I think it's the best rivalry trophy in college football, other than that gold boot that Arkansas and LSU play for. That's pretty cool. But, no, I, I 100% think we should bring back the beer barrel. Low your next uh, Well, I don't know. We changed up the order. I um no, we just okay. do the same thing. All right. Last week I think we changed it, but I'm good with this. So, I mean, I'm good with them bringing it back. I get why they retired it. There's that whole like DUI accident, that tragic accident with Watts, and I guess they felt like 
they didn't want to celebrate it at the time, which is understandable. Objectively speaking, though, that wasn't Watts's first incident with drinking on campus. So they did just kind of randomly ban it. I'm not trying to be like an asshole or anything, but I'm just being honest. Um, in terms of like, I'm not a diehard, bring it back or don't, but I just want to win. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you guys want to hold the barrel, that's fine. If we bring it back, great. If we don't bring it back. But I do agree with Paul, that picture of Manning was pretty dope of him holding it up back in the day. I liked that. So. Uh, I don't think we should bring it back. It's, it's not woke. It's offensive. Um, too many colors on it. I think it, uh, exemplifies uh, binge drinking which is bad uh harmful for livers yeah hell yeah i want it to come back um i think it's very hypocritical you know it's been over 20 years but we sell booze inside Neyland, for god's sake maker's mark is a sponsor for uh kroger field they do some kind of partnership and fundraising with it so i mean yeah if we're going to do that, then why not? Now, interesting thing, Kentucky doesn't sell alcohol besides for the rich snobs up in the luxury suite. But I'm kind of with low, though. I don't, I mean, I would prefer they bring it back, but I'm not. Either way, I don't care. Just be Kentucky. Should they bring it back? Yeah, of course they should. But, you know, I'd rather focus on winning the game. But, yeah, it's cool. Um, I don't know how many – Rivalry trophies have disappeared. Um, I knew during the the Michigan and Michigan State game Saturday, they had one. The uh, there's a Paul Bunyan something something something. Uh, I know there's been several. I've only seen a few, but um, I found this interesting article on Saturday down south, and I wanted to uh, talk about this barrel thing. So, like Lowe said, they used to actually play for beer uh, back about seventy years ago. Um, it was introduced in 1925. Um, whoever won, I guess whoever won it got it for that year or whatever. So, um, so apparently in 98, there was a, where's that at? Okay. In 98, there was a, a two Kentucky football players died in an alcohol um, related car crash leading up to the, to the, um, to the game. And the UK athletics director said it was inappropriate. Um, so they, after that, that's all they, they retired the barrel. But like he said, like, you know, we're having beer in the thing. Like if you, if you don't really want to, if you don't really want to advertise it around beer, then don't, but just bring it back as a, as a history. Like I love all that throwback stuff. Like, how many times have I said I wish Tennessee would go back to the interlocking, like like Dr's hat or the the Rocket Man, like I wish, or the Rifle Man. <laughs> um, but I love all that old school stuff. Like let's bring that back. And um, but uh, but what, I don't understand why, like on Twitter, like all this is now now coming out. Like like it's been gone for twenty years. Why is it this week to bring it back? Like I just don't understand that. But uh, Dr. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of it is obviously because of Kentucky week, but fans are seeing that Danny White's seeing tweets, and that's what they want back. You know, he's already talked about bringing back the VOLS. And I think that's a lot of it, honestly. Did somebody say that the, they know where the barrel is or something? It's actually, is it at the UT? I wonder if it's at the UT complex. It, or? It's a somewhere because Niedemeyer had it if you, uh, in that picture, if you remember. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, bring it back. I heard a rumor that for the last 20 years since 98 or maybe since 2002 they've been secretly trading it like 
we we've had it, and then we gave it back to them in 2011. And then when we won, they get it's like off camera though. Like they gave it back to us in the locker room, and that's why Niedermeyer had it in 2018 because he tweeted you, it back to them. You'd think in a social media cell phone camera age that you'd somebody would find out about it, but you bring think. all that stuff back. Yeah, I don't. I wonder if Tennessee has any other um, trophies, rivalry trophies. Um, for Bama, they probably have a pack of Marlboros and a and a and a hubcap to a Buick or something that they traded with them back in the day. But uh, what's the next question? Um, let's see. Next question is John from Greenville, Tennessee, who asks us where do we stand in recruiting at the moment? I'm hoping the focus is on the linemen on both sides of the ball. I believe these guys can coach skilled players that may be three or four star guys but it's harder to coach up big guys. Your thoughts? I think if you look at how quickly Heifel got to recruiting, I mean, he got Addison Nichols here. He's he's working on closing in with Walter Nolan. Walter Nolan, for the record, I don't give a shit if he comes here anymore. All that bullshit with his get me to 12K on Instagram and I'll commit today or get me to 50 likes on Twitter and I'll fucking commit tomorrow at 3 p.m. And then he just never commits. Like, if that's why you're playing college football, don't come here. If you're coming here for NIL shit, like, come here because you love the sport and you want to play for the balls. But, I mean, if you look at guys like Benson Sneed, Addison Nichols, uh, you know, like, guys that want to come here and want to play football for us. And I think Heupel's going to turn some people. He's going to have to go to the transfer portal because we don't have enough depth to recruit. Like, we have a certain recruiting cap to where we can't recruit the 40 people we need to build a college football team around. But I think as far as recruiting goes, if you can't find players that don't want to come here, then let them go the fuck away. Like, I don't want people that are going to come here and half-ass the sport because I pay a lot of money, and we all pay a lot of money, and we all give a lot of our support and our weekends to watch these guys play. And we love it, but at the same time, we don't want people like – Tyler Bray coming here who throw games that don't want to be here and just a bunch of bullshit. And I'm, I'm, t- I'm tired of that attitude. It felt like JG honestly started throwing games towards the end of his career just because he hated us. But I don't know. Get guys who want to come here and want to play for the big orange. And that's all I have to say. So basically in my personal opinion, stars are somewhat important. Skill level is important, but being coachable is the most important. Um, a lot of guys on this team right now are not or were not five-star standout recruits with like 25 offers or more. Um, so what that tells me is that our coaching staff is really good and the guys that we have are really good and mesh well together right now. So if we get someone in here and they're a four-star or five-star, but they think they're the shit and they can't fill their role or they won't listen to the coaches or et cetera, I kind of think of what Juice Davis talked about, you know, when he was on our podcast. Sometimes they need to sit out a year and watch and learn and be brought up. Um, So in my opinion, I don't think we have to necessarily go out there and snag all these all these five stars. I mean, yes, we need some and we got to build depth somehow, but we also need to look at the character of these guys, how they will fit with our scheme, how they will fit with the guys that we have already because team chemistry is of utmost utmost importance. Um, I also just at this point, 
I think we lack so much depth. My biggest concern would probably be at quarterback after Harrison Bailey transferred. We have to have, you know, a viable second, third string there. But then my second biggest priority would probably be the defensive and then offensive line in that order for key spots to fill. Lo, you're talking about losing Harrison Bailey. In the last, I think it's 10 months, we've lost Caden Salter, JG, thank God, uh, Shrout, Maurer, and Bailey. So, yeah, the quarterback room is definitely uh, turnover heavy. I'm going to go a little different route on this about recruiting. Uh, the biggest problem with recruiting has got to be the NCAA crap going on. And what worries me is what came out today about Oklahoma State. They finally came down with their punishment of something that happened five years ago. And this is basketball. I know that. But they uh, they filed an appeal, and it was denied. And this is what Oklahoma State's AD said today. We cooperated with the NCAA, expedited the process, and received no credit for it. Who's that sound like? Tennessee. And that scares me to death. I've, I haven't. I can't tell you one thing about recruiting. I have no clue about anything. I know we're not. Um, I just read a read a comment that called Paul Matt Damon. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, no, Paul said Tyler Bray through games, not JG, by the way. But uh, Matt Damon, that's I can't stop laughing at that. Um, I don't know the first thing about recruiting. Not not going to pretend like I do. Um, but to to get to where we need to go, it's we gotta be. If I say top 10, that could be seventh in the SEC. If I say top seven, that could be fifth in the SEC. So if you want to get above these bottom feeders, you're going to have to get at least top 12 in the nation in recruiting. What I'm hoping is the, the rankings aren't where they are right now, where we need them to be. For Hopple, what I'm hoping is that some of these guys see these long plays downfield and the scoreboard lighting up and the fun and the uniforms and all that stuff. And even though I bitch constantly about the gimmicks and they are gimmicks and I wish the fan base, if, especially if you're over the age of 40 to worry about more of the on field stuff. Um, I'm hoping that some of this stuff can catch fire and we can get some guys in here. Um, I'll tell you what though, college football might eventually be a free agent frenzy and you're going to find people all over the place coming to your school um, at the at the snap of a finger. Um, the quarterback position is interesting. I think Lowe mentioned that. Um, quarterback is interesting because what if Hooker doesn't want to play next year? What if he's tired of the beating and the banging on his body? Then you're – and I, I mentioned this a few – and I want to I'm, – I'm, let me mention this too. Um, I got hammered a few weeks ago when I mentioned the, the possibility of uh, Spencer Rattler coming – uh, to Tennessee because he's an asshole. Um, this is a fan base that takes pride on being an asshole. This is the this is a fan base that takes pride on stopping a recruiting or stopping a coaching search, and and going after blue checks and and you want to talk about you know people personally and going after them and, and talk shit, but you don't want Spencer Rattler uh, coming to your school a Heisman hopeful. At one point, just because he doesn't like losing, I think that's such a loser mentality, dude. I mean, if you if you have talent, I'm and I'm open arms. Come to Tennessee. I'm so desperate for win. I'm you're not. I'm not trying to get you to date my cousin. You know, I'm trying to get you to win football games. 
I got hammered on that Spencer Rattler idea. And uh, I, I was going to mention it one week, but I think that's the stupidest thing ever. That's just so dumb. Like, we just went through 67 years of JG, and you don't want a Heisman hopeful? How loser mentality. That's so damn loser. That's the biggest loser thought process I've ever heard in my life. It's stupid. I would definitely take Spencer Rattler. And um, if Hooker doesn't want to play or is injured, you got to find depth somewhere. Um, I was pissed all those years that um, all those Bama QBs went to Oklahoma. and uh, But being an asshole that can't gel with the team is different. Who, who, How do we know he's an asshole in the locker room? We have no clue. Just because he throws a fit on the sideline doesn't mean he's an asshole. It does not mean that. Breaking news, it's not. He might be best friends with everybody in that locker room. You don't know. And sometimes also a change of scenery is good for a person. I mean, you see it all the time. Somebody in a free agency or, or, or gets cut or goes somewhere and they just – they're fine. But give the, dude, give the dude a chance. All I'm saying is I'm not trying to get him to date my daughter, okay? But um, we have got to find – back to my point, um, went on a rant there. Um, back when all those Alabama QBs were going to Oklahoma and we had Mr. Bama over here leading the program, I don't understand why he didn't try to get those guys. Like Jalen Hurts and and, um, and Kyler Murray and all those guys. I know Kyler didn't go to uh, Bama, but, like, he didn't we, – we stuck with JG. Like, no. Go find somebody, just in case Hooker doesn't want to play or Hooker has in, is injury prone, and let's build depth at the quarterback. But well, uh, that was my rant. I want to piggyback right. off Leland for a second. Who isn't an asshole when you get benched in a season that you were supposed to be a Heisman hopeful? Like, you were so hyped and excited about the season, and you got benched after two interceptions in a rivalry game, and your coach quit on you. Your whole team quit on you. Like, they were asking on the sidelines – for Caleb Williams to come in. So you've – and also all these fans have never been in a football locker room, more, more than likely. Being an asshole in a football locker room is not the same as being an asshole in regular life. It's just not. Like, pe- emotions run, competitiveness, people are competitive. And is, are you really going to sit there and tell me you'd rather have Joe Milton as our backup quarterback than Spencer Rattler? Like, that's the leg you're going to stand on? So I'm with Leland. Like, Leland, you listening to your rant pissed me off with you. Like, you brought me into just this anger – of these fucking fans just I mean this yeah. is the same fan base that was making fun of Nick Chubb's leg being cocked sideways and will make fun will 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 um photoshop male genitalia on Dan Wilkins' head but but we don't want a QB because he's mad because he's losing you know maybe this maybe this football program needs some ha- assholeism to get back to where it is. Because you know what? I bet Georgia has some assholes. I bet Alabama has some assholes. I mean, I just I just can't comprehend not wanting a guy because he hates losing, and he shows it. And by the way, Jeff Saturday tells people all the time on Sundays that Peyton Manning was an asshole all 10 years he played with him. He says There's all the a time. Video, there was a video of him and Peyton, a shout yeah. match on the sideline. People are assholes. They're, it's passionate. It's a passionate sport. Get over yourself. I don't get it. I mean, even just going back on last week when Maurer was like, no, there was never anything serious in the locker room. But, of course, guys got in fights or arguments on the practice field because it's a passionate game. People get pissed off. That's what you want. Do you want these lackadaisical, like, Looney Tunes out here just not giving a shit about the football program? I mean, honestly, 
So I'm with you guys too. And also, why don't we just trust if our coaches can figure out if they can fit or not, right? I mean, I think they can figure that out. They are with the team the whole time. If they can tell that the personality isn't going to work, then they probably aren't going to bring them there and disrupt the whole team. So, I mean, if, if, if Hopple is his quarterback whisperer that he is, and, and he's a lockable guy, and, you know, maybe a change of scenery for Rattler or a guy like Rattler would be great. And I just – I just the whole fan base thing, thinking – that they do this and they go after this and the, and and the thing and the, it's very hypocritical for them to to wear that badge of honor, and trust me, I wear a badge of honor too of being an asshole too, um, but I'm not. I mean, I would take short of. <laughs> I would take OJ Simpson probably after Nicole, honestly, to win games. Like, he's innocent until proven guilty, right? We don't know, so I'd take him. Let's let's go run for twelve hundred yards, but I just. <laughs> Like I'm here to win games, and I've had the same thing with I've had the same discussion with coaches. Oh, I don't want that coach; he's an asshole. You know what? Nick Saban's an asshole, but he wins games. And short of doing something illegal, and then even then, I might think about it. But Dr., I know you, you. This is like right up your alley, and you're over there sitting quiet. What? Give me your thoughts on this. What What do you think about that? Like the whole fan base saying they don't want an asshole. Well. I've read your tweets for years, Leland. One thing I know you know is assholes. Um, I agree. I don't mind. And I, I feel like we're in that scene from Spaceballs where he says, I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. Paul, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But one of my favorite quarterbacks at Tennessee was Tyler Bray. And he was not a very likable guy from what I remember, you know, the whole beer bottle thing. But I love the cockiness. I, I love a cocky quarterback. To a certain extent, if you can back it up, you know, I thought JG was kind of cocky. Um, I don't care. I, I don't, it's kind of like a lineman. What was that guy's name that went to Oklahoma? Um, the offensive lineman that we had. Do y'all remember? He was a five star. Went with Eric Gray. God, Wanye uh, Morris. So I remember when he committed here, my buddy, he's more into recruiting than I am. I'm, I've kind of gotten out of it, kind of like Leland was talking about. But he said if you just look at him, he doesn't seem mean or anything like that. You know, guy, the big uglies, they're supposed to be assholes like what Leland was talking about. You got you got to have that edge about you, honestly. And I, there's a lot of hypocrisy on both Twitter. <laughs> and I think he would represent us well. That's why I wanted uh, Lane Kiffin, man. In 09, he was talking trash, how we're going to sing Rocky Top all night long when we beat Florida. And he held it where we didn't get just murdered that game. But that's why I wanted him, because I think he represents us, which I'm glad with what, I'm glad with the guy we got, obviously. Well, Tony Vitello, he earned him – he won a lot of people over because he's got the edge. He doesn't mind calling somebody a meat stick during the game. A lot of people think he's an asshole in a game. And I'm – a cup for the Tennessee baseball team. I mean, I, I went, drove an hour to watch them in the cold uh, for an exhibition game. But it, yeah, I haven't watched Rattler play, so I don't really have an opinion on that. But because he's an asshole, that's not why I don't want him. You know, everybody says that, okay, that was one complaint about JG when people complain about him. Well, he's a nice kid. Well, I don't care if he's nice. I don't want nice. I want touchdowns. I want W's. So. Uh, a lot of one more thing, talk, man. This is up Leland's alley. One more thing, and we'll move on to the next question. So I just got a, I just got a comment saying Rattler's toxic. Okay, based off what? Based off what? 
Like because he threw a pitch, he threw a he threw a fit on the sideline because he was losing, or he got benched. Who cares? I don't care. And to piggyback off him, when I before a few weeks ago when I was going to go on this rant, I had ten ten examples of our fan base being assholes because I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna call them out, and Lane Kiffin was one of them. So we want Lane, who talks shit and will cheat on his wife and will. Um, you know, just add stuff on with the crowd and do all this, but you don't want Spencer Rattler? Get out of here. Get out of here. Next question. All right. That one went on for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next, this next one is actually anonymous, which I love. Makes it, spices it up a little bit. Uh, his name has come up a little bit in the podcast already. This person wants to know, did Tyler Bray throw the Kentucky game intentionally that broke that 26-year Tennessee win streak over Kentucky that was brought up earlier in the pod? Yes. I mean, I don't know how else you want me to say it. Like I could say it in Spanish. I can't say it in German or anything other than Spanish and English. But 100% yes. Uh, Tyler Bray never threw for less than like two touchdowns a game like I'm with D.R. Vall. He's up there with Dobbs. For me, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to ever touch the field here. He's cocky. He has that big dick energy like Joe Burrow did. Like, he's a bad motherfucker. So, for him to go out there and only th- not even throw a touchdown and we lose 10-7 to 7 against a team that had won, like, what, five games that year maybe? Like, and then he goes the next year with arguably, arguably a lesser offensive line and throws for five touchdowns at home? Like, Come on, it's so obvious to see that that team blew that bowl game. They didn't want to go to a shitty bowl game. They've said it before. Like players that have played on that team have said it. Like yeah, they didn't want to. We didn't want to go to a shitty bowl game. Tyler threw it, and so yeah, he threw it. You want to talk about toxic? That type of attitude is toxic. That's the type of shit I don't want. Oh well, let's throw this so that we don't go to a shitty bowl game. That's the type of shit I don't want ever. And, yes, I do think you threw it. That was the most god-awful, disgusting game. I mean, we had a freaking wide receiver as quarterback that we were playing against, and he still beat our ass on rushing. I mean, I don't know. That's just embarrassing, sickening to me. I'm sure he threw it. He probably doesn't give a damn what I think. He would probably never hear this. So, But great question. And I'd love to know why – this question was brought up and if the person who submitted it had some insider information, of course they wanted to stay anonymous for some reason, but that just makes me think a little bit. Well, his stats for that game were 15 for 38, 215 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And then the next year he was 20 for 34, 293 yards, four touchdowns. This is a Tyler Bray stand account. And I guess I'm going to quote Kelly uh, Kapoor on the office when referring to Kobe. He didn't do it. So, God, this, this, this whole thing for all these years drives me insane. Okay. So let's back it up a little bit. He had he just came off in hell of a game. Do y'all remember the week before? Vanderbilt overtime, James Franklin, Eric Gordon. Okay. So let's put this in perspective a little bit. If Tyler Prey didn't want to go to a bowl, then why did he try to win Vanderbilt? 
why did he win Vanderbilt? Okay. So you saying he tried in Vanderbilt and he didn't try against Kentucky. I think that's stupid. Now, the did he say that after the game to some friends? I've heard that. I've heard that. So what if he said it? He did throw a touchdown in the Kentucky game, okay? Now, this – I don't know why this is always being brought up, but this game 100,000% was on the head coach, Derek Dooley, okay? He didn't have his players ready. He could have rolled out low at QB, DR at QB, Paul at QB, your grandmother at QB, and won this game, okay? If I remember correctly – um, Bray had some type of flu or cold or something, wasn't feeling well, and they still played. We had Matt Sims. Matt Sims was garbage, but he could have won him. He could have won this game with Matt Sims, okay? He also, none of these quarterbacks play defense, okay? 100% on Derek Dooley. Now, if he threw the game, why did he throw a touchdown? He was still trying. Like, I don't get that. I've never understood that. Now, if any of you all have older or younger siblings and you play video games or you play basketball out in the court and you get your ass beat, you might come up with an excuse. Oh, I tripped. Oh, I fell over the crack. Oh, I saw a hot girl over here. Like, maybe it was like that. Maybe he, was just, he got his ass beat that day. Then he was like, well, whatever. I didn't want to go to that bowl game anyway. It was, it's a sign of immaturity. Like, just take your loss. But I don't think he physically, intentionally threw that game because it, it doesn't make sense to. If he threw that game, he would have never completed a touchdown. He would have never completed, you know, any passes. And he tried the week before against Vanderbilt. That was an exciting game that went in overtime. He tried. He threw the – th- I think he threw the juggled pass to Dayrick for the touch for one touchdown. I just, I just don't believe it. That's my, that's my. Opinion. I will say, um, before we go on to the next question, I, I feel like the rumors are super interesting because, it, of course, you can't one player can't throw it right. But if they went in with like in cahoots, that would be super interesting to me. Like if they were all just or like a big group of them were like screw it. I mean, irregardless. I get what you're saying in terms of the excuses thing, because sometimes people do just get like embarrassed to shit or, I mean, I know I say stuff all the time that I don't really mean at all. And people are like, wow, I can't believe she said that. I I remember when I, I remember when I first heard that, I think Jimmy Himes reported it is when I first heard it. And I just, I just did like a double take from the defensive side of it. Joker Phillips and them had to scramble to find a QB and he, they taught that QB three plays, three or four plays. That's all they had. I know they only scored ten points. But – and I remember a play where the QB was – I'll never forget this. I don't know why this one play sticks out. But that Rourke kid would roll to the left, and the the linebacker, whoever it was, went back in coverage. Like, this guy can't throw, but I'm going to go back in coverage. That's coaching. Go towards the guy who can't throw. Like I didn't, I never understood that. But I that, and that was a complete. That was honestly, that was one year late that we should have got rid, of, or one year early that we should have got rid of Dooley. That was probably way too early. 
Um, if he went to a bowl game and maybe won it or something, it would have done wonders going into his next year. He put up that – they put up that offense. The offense in 12 was great. The defense was god-awful. But we should have fired him after – it's kind of like Butch. Like, we should have fired him after 16. We let him come back for 17. We should have fired Butch in 11 is what it basically boils down to. But I don't believe that whole throwing crap. Well, uh, yeah, Leland, you're talking about – I don't know if he was sick, but I pulled up an article about Bleacher Report. He had broke his thumb on his throwing hand against Georgia – and he came back for the – I can't tell if it was for the Vanderbilt game or the Arkansas game, but anyway, it was right before the Kentucky game. And if they were in cahoots, I heard a saying once, and it's so true, three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Well, I know he broke his thumb, and I know it was against Georgia, but that was – he had like a month or two or a month and a half to get healed. And like I said, he had the good game against um, Vanderbilt. Like, if you don't want to play, then why are you putting up numbers against Vanderbilt? So It doesn't went- make sense. I went back and looked at it because I was I thought I was very concrete in this. He definitely threw it. But now that I'm looking at it, Pilardi missed two field goals that would have made the score 13-10. And one of them was a 27-yarder, and it was wide left. And that was Pilardi's specialty anytime he missed a field goal. So, I mean, if you count that, Bray set up drives to win the game. So now I'm going to rescind my statement of saying that he threw it, and you guys convinced me. he did. I don't think he threw it. it. It just makes no if sense. I re- if I remember – does anybody have the box score pulled up to that game? Yeah, because I if I remember correctly, he threw a touchdown to Rajon Neal, which is a running back. But I would like to see if Day Rick played. If he didn't have Day Rick, he was throwing – his receivers were Neal and Zach Rogers. So, so Day, they had no receivers. Day Neal, didn't Neal play. was the leading receiver. He had 125 yards that game. Yeah. So he, he was throwing to a running back. Day Rick played but got early got injured early in the first quarter. Okay, so he was playing with a running back and a wide receiver. Go win this game for us. I mean, they sh- we should have because of what Kentucky was rolling out on offense, but it's not like he had his full arsenal of weapons. I will say I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced as well after, like, roundtable discussion that it was a very interesting question. I will give it that. And I like that it was anonymous. The person who submitted it is super cool. So props to them. And we're going to the last question, which was submitted under an alias name that I could not bring myself to say live on this podcast. So we're just going to go with Johnny, (laughs) who is asking us our thoughts on this year's basketball team, which before we answer, I want to let everyone know as well that we are going to keep this going through basketball season. Um, We love doing it, so listen to us or not, but you will be talking about basketball. But anyways, let's hear everyone's thoughts about this upcoming basketball team. So first of all, I just want to say Rick Barnes has done a hell of a job since he's took over in Knoxville. I think he has a winning record at Tennessee against Calipari, and I don't think we've had that since Bruce Pearl. And that's because he played him once in Memphis and he's one to know against them. But no, I mean, if you look at the ensemble guards we have, like we have a great group of guards. Kennedy Chandler is looking like he's going to be a young stud as a freshman. Uh, Santiago Vescovi, you know, we know what we get out of him. Good playmaking, good three-point shooting. Folky's coming back. Uh, Nukamura, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Number three, uh, he's, he's going to have to be big for us next year. I think really, if you look at it, from the standpoint of what position we're lacking, it's definitely 
inside. I mean, our guards, I think this is the best guard tandem we've ever had maybe in the past, since Jordan McRae with Josh Richardson. I mean, you got to look at Kennedy Chandler, Santiago Viscovi, Josiah Jordan-James. I mean, we got guys who can shoot and play defense with the best of them. But I think as far as talent goes, this isn't as good as one of his earlier teams with Grant Williams and Schofield, especially basketball. It's really hard to be dominant as a big man these days just because of all the how ticky-tack you play. I mean, Folky could go out there and have really two good contested shots, but the way the game's played – two fouls you're sitting for the rest of the first half so I mean it just really depends it's really going to be dependent on how well our big men play and I think that that's going to be the key for how far this basketball team goes especially when we get into March and April in the tournament so I have this really bad habit of just comparing every single team to the Schofield and Williams team I absolutely love that. I thought uh, Bone, Jordan Bone, was like one of the greatest point guards, and he was so underrated in my opinion. And so I have this really bad, like I keep going back and comparing it, and I know that's not what we're supposed to do. It's just it's hard sometimes because that team was so freaking awesome. But I will say, you know, we've lost some good players to the to the portal, but in all honesty, they didn't – if you looked at some of their numbers – they didn't really put up what we needed them to. And they probably saw the guys coming in this year and thought, oh, well, I'm probably not going to play a lot. I better get out of here. So probably it made smarter decisions, you know, nothing on them. They're just wanting to see the court a lot more. So you got to respect that. Um, But I am excited. You know, I love Vescovi, but he's, he's very creative and stuff with his plays, but he's not like that true point. Like he doesn't, I don't know for me, like I said, I keep comparing to like, like we need a true point that can really take control. Um, I love Vescovi and I think he's very skilled, but I think that that one of our incoming recruits is a pretty solid point guard. Um, and I'll, as always, I absolutely love Coach Barnes. I've seen some people complain about him on Vol Twitter. I freaking love the guy. I mean, I don't really know who else they would want to get at this point. I think he's great. I think he's respectful. Now, the problem, I get, you know, everyone's like, well, we only made it this far. We only made it this far under him, and we want to go all the way. I mean, that just, that's really hard sometimes, especially in March Madness. I mean, you see those teams get beat in the first round that people are like, oh, they're going to be in the Final Four, and they're taken out in, in the first week. I mean, it's just hard when it gets to that point. Um, in terms of coaching, I think Barnes is very skilled, very respected. I absolutely love the guy. And I think he does great with every team or every player that he coaches up. And he doesn't just, you know, teach them basketball. But I just feel like he always makes sure that his team is very cohesive, united, etc., which I'm, all, I'm a huge fan about. Um, last thing, I just really hope that Folky – steps up i mean i think this is like his sixth season now or something i guess it he got a super season or something with covid so i feel like he just needs to really step up and make a huge difference this year but overall i'm really excited and we're about there we're almost there for basketball so just around the corner uh Bounce off what you said. I don't know if he does great with every player because uh, I remember Robert Hubbs. He's from around my area, which what I hear it was more him, but he was five star. And I didn't think he was that great. But I'm excited about Justin Powell, honestly, because 
we we're needing three point shooting. I didn't get to watch him against Lenore Ryan's, but I heard we took a lot more three point shots. And you know, the game's transitioning to if you can't shoot a three, then drive the lane. Those mid range jumpers, that's been my complaint about Barnes the last few years, because I mean it's a very high risk shot, low reward. Um and the, you look at the one year that Rick Barnes went to the Final Four, hit elite point guard T.J. Ford. And I've heard some people, older people, that's watched Tennessee basketball for years. And one guy said that uh, this is the best point guard we've ever had, Kennedy Chandler. Again, I didn't watch him play, but that remains to be seen. And honestly, I worry about post play. Uh, can Folky step up and stay healthy? And how much can Huntley Hatfield help him? And my complaint, Rick Barnes, is show me something in the postseason. The uh, Purdue loss a few years ago pissed me off, and I, I will not get over that. And the Oregon State loss, honestly, which, of course, Tennessee fashion, we get the hot team, and they just roll right through. So show me something in the postseason. That's what I want to see, especially with all this talent. I say it like I do every year. Um, I want a lead eight or a lead eight, final four. I've seen a lead eight with uh, Coach Pearl. I, I want a final four. I've been in such a football mode that I actually had to do some research on this team beforehand, before this, we got on. Um, I had to look at the roster, honestly. Um, so, okay, so Lowe was talking about Rick Barnes. Um, I've, I've always – I've took up for Rick Barnes since, since the beginning. Um, basketball here is a secondary sport behind football, and, uh, hell, it might if, if you don't – if we don't start doing stuff in the postseason, baseball might pass it up. But um, basketball is a secondary sport here. Um, I've always said when when Barnes left Texas, I've always said that we're trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Texas was trying to get more than just going to the NCAA tournament. And and I know I know it's I preach like loser mentality, and I'm going to be a hypocrite here and say that. You know, just get me in the tournament, and let's see what happens. I have no expectations, you know, past that, really. It's a crapshoot. March Madness is a crapshoot. And people give Barnes – it kills me people give Barnes such a hard time in March because his record is not that great, when in reality, you know, Sister Jean-type teams could go on a run. Um, I wish I wish we could do something. I wish we could consistently – get to the Sweet 16 and beyond. Um, we've had one Elite Eight appearance. DR just said to his expectations he would like to see – we all like to see a Final Four. Let's let's get – let's start getting the Sweet 16 year in and year out. Then we go from there and see what happens. It's hard. It's hard to win two games in an NCAA tournament. Um, some of the guys that I looked up, um, the Kennedy Chandler five-star point guard, um, she mentioned Vescovi. I've, I've never really – I've never really been in love with him since he's got on campus. I don't think he has a really good playmaking ability. I think he's a guy that, you know, if, if there if we had a true number one, he would he would come off the bench and and get 10, 13 minutes a, uh, a game, do some things off the bench, hit some free throws, hit a three or two. He's just he's I don't know how to describe it. He's just not a guy that can just take over a game and and uh, maybe this Chandler kid can can come in and do this. Um, of course, you got the fan favorite in Fulkerson. Um, everybody loves him. I, I feel like his career has been a roller coaster ride. Uh, if memory serves right, 
I think he battled injuries during his freshman year, had a good sophomore year, um, struggled with injuries maybe the next year, and then last year did, he had the injury with the with the bullcrap uh, guy in the face and all that. You can't really help – I mean, you can't really – that's on the Florida guy. But anyway, he's been real up and down. Like, he'll look good one minute and, and, and struggle the next. Um some of these guys, I'm looking at their height. You, uh, Dr. You mentioned uh, height in the paint. Six eleven, six ten. Euros is seven, and then we got another six eleven guy. Um, during the Grant, during the early Grant years, we were always worried about heights. And in that first year, we won like thirteen games or something. That was a major issue. Looks like we do got some heights. Uh, remember when we all used we all used to try to free Euros from the tournament, and he came in and didn't do shit. Um, nice guy. Met him at the regionals, the baseball game. Nice. He took a he took a picture with everybody that came up to him. Nicest guy in the world. But uh, he needs to do something if if he wants to be a guy in the in Barnes rotation. You you can't be seven foot, and and be on the bench. Get out there at seven feet. I don't care if you if you don't score a point. Get out there, rebound, block, play defense. You got to do something this year. It's time. He's been on campus long enough. Um, I want to see some of these other uh, Jonas. I had to look up how to pronounce his name. Uh, Jonas Adu. He was the twenty-first uh, ranked player nationally, and what really impressed me is in two-four-seven rankings, he was the top player in North Carolina. So that means Barnes went into a basketball state with North Carolina, Duke, um, NC State, all those, and um, took a player out of their their state. And I remember the 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 Barnes. Um, remember the Barnes narrative? It was the it was like the JG is tough, but it was Barnes can't recruit. And uh, when recruited like three stars like Grant Williams, that's bad. But like he developed them, but but he doesn't get credit for that because he's not a he wasn't a big name. But then the last couple of years we get these guys that are a big name. Two of them went to the NBA last year. You don't really hear the haters. You hear. When you, you hear postseason, and uh, but we're almost like becoming a mini Kentucky, like like the one and duns are good and bad. They're good in the fact they're really talented. They're bad can it kind of hurts your program. If you watch March Madness, some of the some of the Iowa's of the of the field make it deep into the playoffs, and they have these you know fifth year seniors that are tall and lanky, been there forever. <coughs> but uh. I looked at the schedule, and we got some interesting games coming up. I can't wait for that Texas game. Uh, I think that's going to be obviously the storylines of, you know, Coach Barnes and all that. Uh, but I saw that we play Villanova. We actually have a chance in one of these preseason or one of these early uh, tournament games that we can actually play North Carolina if they beat whoever they beat in their tournament. But uh, I, the media has them picked fourth. I can see Tennessee winning the SEC, and I can see Tennessee finishing sixth or seventh based off, you know, freshmen not developing or whatever. But apparently, um, of course, the media is on uh, Kentucky's uh, male genitalia, um, and they have them pick first. But I'm like, based off what? I mean, they sucked last year. They were god-awful. Um, but they reload, and, you know, the media is going to be on them. But uh, the media has Tennessee uh, picked fourth. Arkansas is going to be – I think Arkansas is going to be better than Kentucky. 
but we'll see what we have. The schedule's schedule's interesting. It's not the hardest thing in the world, but it's there's some good names on the schedule that I like. All right. Um, lots of good stuff. Lots of basketball. Let's roll back to football real quick and everyone give their final score predictions for Kentucky. I'm going to announce one more thing at the end and then we'll get out of here. Um, Paul, you want to go first with your prediction for this weekend? Yeah, I can. So I think us coming off our bye week, we're healthy. I think we're really looking to – Start Heupel's brewing something here. I think the whole team's fully 100% bought in if they weren't before. I think we trounce Kentucky. Uh, I'm going to go 52-27. All right. Shooting for the stars. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to go – I think it'll be close. I think um, – We'll probably have a turnover. I feel like there might be two turnovers, like they score, then we score. Both have a turnovers. I don't know why I'm trying to predict the game. I'm not a damn fortune teller. But anyways, 38-27, Tennessee wins and pulls off the upset. I think they're going to come out fired up. I mean, we've not beaten anybody of relevance. I mean, I'm – and I'm not going to call it a signature win. It's freaking Kentucky, but it'd be a good win. I think the players know that, and we're healthy. Cade's coming out. I don't know how healthy he is, but he's going to play. I'm going to say 41-21, Tennessee. Um, Like I said earlier, we've said you don't want it to be an ugly game from an entertainment standpoint or from Tennessee standpoint because weird stuff happens in November at night on SEC turf especially away SEC turf. Um, I was trying to look up some of – I don't know how good Kentucky's defense. I Just forget it, I guess. I was going to try to see how good their defense is. Um, I think we can put some points on the board. Um, like I said earlier, let's, let's get on early because it puts more pressure on them. It kind of keeps them from trying to run the football. Let's put the game in their hands. I would honestly play – I would honestly play um, stack defense up Put ever put all your linebackers in the in the in the box. Um, I would challenge that QB to see if he can pick us apart. Uh, put put Alante Taylor out there by himself. I know he's gotten burned a few times, but he's your best corner. Put him out there one on one with their best receiver. I don't even know who they have or any other weapons or anything. Um, uh, I'm not saying it's going to be no 50, 40, all that. I'm going something like the Mississippi State score. I think Hendon Hooker will have three or four touchdowns. Um, they will make some plays because they're obviously ranked for a reason. I'm not going to totally discredit them. But in the end, I think Tennessee's offense is just too much. And uh, I'm going to say this, like I said a thousand times, Tennessee's defense is a bunch of misfits and duct tape and and just they're, they're like a they're like the junk drawer in your kitchen. Like it just has anything in there. You could have you could find a condom or a screwdriver, either one in your junk drawer. That's what Tennessee is. Just random shit put together. Um but I'm going to go more of a low-scoring game, but Tennessee still puts 30 in the board. We'll say, we'll say 30, 31 to 17 is what I got. It's the same score as Mississippi State. And low, you got something uh, new this week, also. Oh yeah. So in case anyone missed it, if you go to our Twitter page at Vols underscore ATB, we have a pin tweet up there. 
We're doing a giveaway for a free long sleeve t-shirt. All you have to do is be following that account and then retweet it. And the winner will be announced on Friday from the page. Retweet. So um, next week is Georgia week. Next so week. It's weird. It's freaking weird playing Georgia this late, but we'll, we'll all be, uh, well, I'm not going to the game cause I'm not seeing it, but well, at least we'll be home in Neyland next week. But, uh, Anybody else got anything to say? Um, stay tuned because we might have something special for next week's podcast. So we're mm. looking at finalizing that, mm. and uh, we will let you guys know when we know. Okay. We're going to sign off? Go Vols. Go Vols. Go Vols.